Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Activated by Temperance Spirits. Temperance Spirits, creating a space for change. Welcome back to Game Over Edmonton, your local leader in post-game Oilers analysis. In this episode, it's fueled by Temperance Spirits, the city's leading non-alcoholic beverage provider. Visit Temperance online for a curated section of non-alcoholic options. Choose from a variety of craft beers, mocktails, wines, and spirits. Temperance isn't just a retailer. It's a community of Edmontonians who celebrate the spirit of socializing without the need for alcohol. And with Temperance Spirits online shop, ordering your favorite non-alcoholic bevies right to your door is as easy as Connor scoring the winning goal. You can find our partners at Temperance online at www.temperance-spirits.com for delivery to your door. And use the code SDPN for 10% off your order at checkout. And give them a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Temperance Spirits. Hello, Edmonton Oilers fans, and welcome to Game Over Edmonton. Yes, I am not Avery. I am not Dennis. I am not Zach. I can only hope to be as good as those manly men. My name is Clay Emo. I'm also known as Canuck Clay on YouTube and on X. And I am one of the four co-hosts of Game Over Vancouver. However, Avery can't do home games because he's there covering the he's there at the arena. I think Zach has an exam. I'm actually not sure what Dennis is doing tonight. So when they sent the call out to for someone to cover for them, I gladly said yes because uh, a nice chance for me to learn about another team. A nice chance for me to be with all of you and get to know some of you Edmonton Oilers fans. I know there's some Canucks fans in here. I recognize a lot of the names in there. But yes, that is why I am here and I am thrilled to be here. So as we get going, as we get ready to talk about the big Edmonton Oilers 4-3 victory over the Minnesota Wild, it's Edmonton Oilers' sixth straight victory. They are now only one game under 500. They are 11-12-1 after starting the season 2-9-1. They've won nine of their last 12 and they have passed Seattle now. They have Calgary in their sights and as they look to climb up the Pacific Division rankings, we're going to get into all of that. We're going to break down the game. I'm going to talk about Vancouver versus Edmonton and what's going to happen in that playoff chase because I think that's a pretty cool story. And I can bring in my Canucks knowledge a little bit for you guys. And then at the very end, I'll answer all of your questions as well as part of the game over presser. So, yes, thank you. I feel very welcome. I see 
I see Daki welcoming me. Thank you, Daki. I see others welcoming me. I appreciate it. Uh, so um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a fun 30 to 40 minutes. I've done my research. Don't worry, I'm not gonna look like a total uh, idiot when it comes to the Oilers, but um, I think I know enough to at least get me through the next 30 or 40 minutes. So before we get going, and yes, anyone else that comes in late, if they're wondering why it's me, just explain to them in the chat why it's me and just say the, the three usual guys couldn't be here. And then I don't have to keep saying it over and over and over. Okay, as we get going, subscribe to SDPN, this channel, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. We cover all seven Canadian cities. Obviously, we help out each other when we need to. By the way, um, there was one game in November where none of the four of Vancouver co-hosts could host a game over Vancouver when the Canucks beat the Stars. And Avery from Game Over Edmonton was nice enough to fill in for us. So always happy to return the favor. And like I said, meet some new fans across the country as well. So get get uh, yeah, subscribe to SDPN, this channel, the Steve Dangle Podcast Network. We are 97,000 subscribers, trying to get to 100,000. Not sure if we're going to get there before the end of this year, but that would be pretty cool. So make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit the notification button so you can get notified of all our videos across the entire network. And like the video as well. Like the fact that we are here talking about at Edmonton Oilers victory, their sixth straight, like I said. And like the fact that even though your three regular hosts couldn't be here, that I'll be able to uh, chat with you guys for the next little bit. And thank you again to everyone for their words of welcome tonight. So let's break down the game first. Then we'll talk about uh, what a playoff series or playoff uh, ramifications or playoff chase is going to look like for the final two-thirds of the season. And then I'll make sure I block off some time at the very end to uh, to go over your questions. And probably that middle part of the show too is going to be about Evander Kane and his hit on Jonas Brodin. So I, had a, I have an interesting perspective. Because I'm a Vancouver Canucks fan and a Canucks content creator, uh, I'm today it was, it was interesting because I wanted the Oilers to win because I think the, the mood in the chat will be a lot better. I wanted the Oilers to lose, admittedly, only in terms of, not because I'm a jerk, but in terms of the playoff race and the ramifications. Obviously, Minnesota's not in the Pacific Division, whereas Edmonton is quickly catching up to, to Vancouver in the standings. But overall, I was quite um, objective. It didn't matter. I just want to see an entertaining game. And I will say, this start to finish, this 4-3 victory for the Oilers over the Wild was way better, a way better game much more entertaining than last night's Canucks victory. And the Canucks won last night. The Canucks beat the same Minnesota Wild team, two to nothing in a very slow kind of low event game in Vancouver yesterday. Then Minnesota flew out from Vancouver to Edmonton today. So Oilers fans, you're welcome because we we took them down last night. We softened them up. And then they had to, I think they got to the Edmonton hotel from everything I read between uh, two and 3 a.m., and of course, that's tough. Then they get up. I'm not sure if the Minnesota had a morning skate or if they just kind of rested and then and then went to the arena. But yes, it was a tag team. We took care of the Wild last night and then you took care of them tonight. Now, here's the interesting thing. Last night, the first period was the basically the carbon copy of this first period tonight, but exactly the opposite. And I don't worry, I won't keep referring to last night's game, but it was really interesting. I knew that I was going to do the show today so I was able to do some scouting. I was able to see what Minnesota did last night and kind of compare it to what they did tonight. Uh, the biggest difference was Gustafson was in net for uh, against the Canucks last night, whereas obviously Marc-Andre Fleury played tonight. And he played very well. Despite the the, the score, he made 36 saves. And Marc-Andre Fleury was the only reason why 
Um, the, you know, the, the game was so close, I think. So last night, Minnesota completely dominated the Canucks. Although the Canucks came out of the first period with a one, nothing lead today. It was Edmonton that dominated Minnesota. And the, I think the shots yesterday were 12 to four for Minnesota over Vancouver today. It was 18 to four for the Oilers over the wild. And yes, the Oilers looked super good in the first period and they almost didn't get actually rewarded at all. But with five minutes left, it was Evan Bouchard, his his point in his 10th straight game, which is pretty, pretty impressive. It was actually Quinn Hughes that was leading the league with an active point streak until the, that got snapped a couple weeks ago. And now Evan Bouchard's right up there with, with a point in his 10th straight game. And I knew this guy had a bomb. Like we have Philip Hronick in Vancouver who's got a bomb, but Bouchard has a bomb. And I think Bouchard gets his, his shot more... Uh, shot through the net uh, to the net better than than Hronick does for the Canucks regardless the Oilers had some some zone time is the McDavid Nugent Hopkins Hyman line they're so good I I really enjoyed watching this game actually with no kind of skin in the game with no dog in the fight so to speak just to watch it quite quite naturally uh, objectively I actually enjoyed this game I really did and I had to pay attention knowing that I was going to talk about it with all of you but the Nugent Hopkins Hyman McDavid line had some really good zone time and then it turns out going back to Bouchard with a strong snapshot. And I believe this he puts this past Fleury's glove. Actually, three of the four goals uh, tonight went past Marc-Andre Fleury's glove. So it was a great start. It was Bouchard's sixth goal of the, se- of the season. Yeah, I'm just checking real quick. Yeah, they, they, they held some zone time for sure. And then it was a beautiful pass, actually, from Nugent Hopkins. Cross seam from the bottom of... Uh, the bottom of the crease, not the crease, the, the face-off circle, all the way to Bouchard's familiar place in the top right corner. And he snapped a shot past Marc-Andre Fleury. So the Oilers not only outshoot the Minnesota Wild 18-4, to but they go into the break ahead one to nothing. Yeah, uh, tell LO mate why it's me. Remember, that's your guy's job in the chat is not only get your questions ready for later, but anyone that's new and asking why is Clay doing, um, cannot Clay doing an Edmonton Oilers game over, you guys have to tell everyone in the chat the fact that the other three um, co-hosts are busy tonight. Second period was a bit more even for sure, although Edmonton still outshot uh, Minnesota 14 to seven, but it was Minnesota scoring two goals in 26 seconds. And it was a, it was a brutal start for the Oilers. Right off the opening faceoff, the the line of Johansson, Boldy, and Erickson Eck take control in the Oilers zone. And then actually, when you look at the goal, and I've watched this a few times, it basically came down to a two-on-two battle between Eric Signet and Boldy and Nurse and Cece. And it was just two-on-two. And I think it was Eric Signet and Nurse were, were mixing it up to Skinner's left. And then Matt Boldy simply outmuscled Cody Cece to the crease and put the puck behind Stuart Skinner. So it's 1-1, no big deal. You never love to give up a goal in the first minute of a period. You certainly don't want to give up a goal in the last minute of a period. And... Uh, yeah, that was 15 seconds in the period. But to make it worse, just 26 seconds later, it was the same line. Eric's neck, Boldy, and Johansson's just stayed on. Why, why would you change after only 15 seconds? And this was yet another two-on-two where I think it was Eric's neck and Boldy uh, came in on Bouchard and Ekholm. And they kind of crossed. And as they crossed, um, Ekholm and kind of went with Boldy instead. And then Bouchard didn't react fast enough to take Eric's neck. So Eric, so Boldy crossed in front of Eric's neck. And as Boldy does that, 
uh, Ekholm was playing on his left side, follows him. That's fine as long as Bouchard then cuts back and takes Eric's neck, but he doesn't. Bouchard just just stands there and Eric's neck wrists a shot past Stuart Skinner. So what was a one nothing lead at the end of the first period became a two one deficit to Minnesota just one minute into the second period. But then just forty seconds after that, so we had three goals in the first minute twenty one of the second period. Connor McDavid. Now, I, I obviously I know how good McDavid is. I have him in my keeper league, my fantasy league, and uh, so I've I, I've had him for whatever ten years that he's been in the league. So I I really enjoy him as a player. But he made a play that I think only three or four players in this league can make because of his speed. Doesn't have the the biggest reach in the world, but he's got the the skill and just the mindset. So he comes in another two on. It was, it was very similar to the Minnesota goal, the the Erickson Eck goal. It was a two-on-one is McDavid and Hopkins against Nugent Hopkins against whoever the two Minnesota defense was. And then they did a crisscross. Minnesota actually covered it better than Edmonton covered the other one where one guy stayed with Nugent Hopkins and the other guy tried to get McDavid. But the McDavid was so smart. He went around Flurry as if he was going to go behind the net with his forehand. But then he was able to backhand it in to the net from behind the goal line. And if you watch the replay, I'm not sure what... Uh, Kaprizov was doing instead of going towards the net and trying to cut off McDavid's shooting attempt he actually took the long way around Marc-Andre Fleury and then and then made it even tougher for Fleury to make that save whereas if Kaprizov went straight to the crease which I think he should have done in hindsight he might have stopped that goal regardless it was a wonderful play by McDavid and it was a really really skilled play one uh, a play that I don't think many players could make so now it's 2-2 and it's anyone's game Still more goals. Then it was Connor Dewar off uh, kind of a broken play. The Minnesota Wild held the puck in the Oilers zone. And then Hartman just kind of smacked, uh, kind of slapped at the puck from behind the net. And Dewar ripped a one-timer past Stuart Skinner. And that was about 12 minutes into the second period. So now the Wild are up 3-2, taking over their lead. But then it was a power play at the end of the second period. And, you know, I like watching the Canucks power play. The minute the the Minnesota the Edmonton power play is a thing of beauty. They they just move the puck so fast, and obviously McDavid is the best player in the world. Drysaddle's got that wicked one timer from the right side, and then you have Bouchard who can just smoke people from the point, and then you still have Nugent Hopkins and Hyman on there. That's a very very skilled, very very skilled um, skilled power play. And I I see that they move the puck really quickly. I was quite impressed with that. Anyways, with Matt Zuccarello out of the play in the penalty box the Oilers take advantage and it was a, a, a basically a one-timer from dry side or from a spot on the right side beating Marc-Andre Fleury to his glove you hear that one more time and then it was three uh three three heading into the third period now this is where it gets a little crazy so it's three three it's anyone's game. Minnesota's probably trying to at least get to extra extra time on a back-to-back on the road. That'll be a victory for them, a moral victory at least. Edmonton looking to keep their five-game win streak going. And then, and then, early in the in the period, Jonas Brodin is retrieving a puck from behind his net. And then Evander Kane uh, comes to speed. And Kane's a... Kane's fast and he's a big, big player. I remember the second game of the season, he smoked Philip Hronik behind the net. I actually thought Hronik was going to get injured. Um, this play was that play was different. That Hronik was coming from the other side, so he could see 
Kane coming. This one, Kane, and I immediately, when I saw it, the, my first reaction, well, that wasn't that bad. And then I watched the replay. And I said, oh, that was kind of bad. So again, I don't have a dog in the fight. I, I, I'm not clamoring for Kane to be suspended. I'm not, whatever it is. But Kane hits Brodeen in the back, in the numbers. And then Brodeen's uh, face, his head hits the his head hits the, the glass, but I think it's also one of his knees, his legs also hits the boards quite awkwardly. He goes to the bench and then Kane knows that something's going to happen. And then Ryan Hartman decides to uh, just kind of tackle Kane near the boards, but not against the boards. Uh, they, were, they, were, they were about eight, 10 feet away from the boards. And then Hartman goes into uh, the penalty box for roughing. And uh, the, I know the Edmonton Oilers, I, I watched on Sportsnet Plus, they, they were saying, the Edmonton region, the, the broadcasters were saying that, oh, good on Kane to show some restraint, to not retaliate, to not, uh, you know, to not um, take a penalty against Hartman. And sure enough, the Oilers go on the power play. And this time, um, it's, it's Bouchard with the second of the night, his seventh of the season. And uh, this one was tricky because I think uh, one of the Minnesota Wild Fours lost a stick, went to the bench, got a new one. They actually had one or two opportunities to clear it, but Bouchard did a really good job keeping the puck in on the on the blue line. And then Dreisaitl from down below, up top to Bouchard. And then Foligno tries to tries to to block it, or at least I don't know what he was doing, did a flyby, screen flurry. Flurry didn't even get in a stance and then just kind of waved at it with his glove. So a third shot that passed Flurry on his glove side and Bouchard with the second of the night turns out to be the game-winning goal. Then uh, the third period was quite was quite uh, entertaining. The shots were very even. It was in in the third period. It was it was nine to eight for Minnesota. The only period of the three that Minnesota actually shot Edmonton, and there was quite a scramble right at the end of the game. I can't remember who took that last shot with a few seconds left, but Skinner made a, a really good save, and then Hartman and uh, Ekholm, who were, um, who were both antagonistic throughout the entire night, they got uh, cross checking penalties at the with with no time left on the clock as the the whistle uh, sounded so you add it all together and Edmonton wins 4-3 Stuart Skinner makes uh 17 saves <laughs> for the for the win Marc-Andre Fleury makes 36 saves in the loss so yes Edmonton doubled the Minnesota Wild shot they outshot them 40 to 20 faceoffs were relatively equal Edmonton did damage on the power play though two for four Whereas Minnesota went zero for two hits. Minnesota led 22 to 17 block shots were about even. So the, across the stats, um, across most stats lines, except for the shots, it was pretty even. You look at natural stat trick and you're saying, okay, the shots say it was 40 to 20 for Edmonton. What do the advanced stats say? And the advanced stats say that, yes, the Oilers expected goals was 2.6. And then um, Minnesota's expected goals was 1.4. So, Basically three to three to one. It should have been the, the the final. And then high danger chances. No surprise. Edmonton had twelve, and Minnesota only had six. Finally, you look at the actual stats for for this game. Um, Zach Hyman. I'm uh, sorry, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. What can you say? Four assists for him in 21 minutes of ice time. So he had four. Bouchard had three, two goals and an assist. Then Drysaddle pitched in two points, a goal and assist. Connor McDavid pitch into a goal and assist as well. And um, yeah, high ice time. McDavid at 21.44. Nugent Hopkins at 21.05. Dreisaitl at 21. So those three, the big three had 21. And then Lowman, 
Uh, Gagne had 7.45 and Hamlin, who I, who I don't know anything about, had 7.37. On D, the big four got 21 to 24 minutes between the four of them. Bouchard, CC, Ekman Nurse, and then Kulak and Deharnay had 12 and 13 minutes, respectively. So there we go, Oilers fans. A big 4-3 victory. And with this victory, it's, it's kind of interesting because in Vancouver, we've been just talking about the, you know, the Vancouver Canucks trying to chase down Vegas, then then LA just just whips past them in the standings because LA is playing so good. But and and then we we were Canucks fans were relishing in their three one victory over the oh, uh, not three one their, their three victories over the Oilers in the first four weeks of the season, and then you kind of Canucks fans just kind of forgot about the Oilers because yeah they they were started two nine and one, Oilers fire their coach. And they win three, they lose three, and then they win another three. Uh, sorry, they win another six now. So they have won nine of the last 12. And now the Oilers have 23 points in 24 games. Just one game under 500. They're only two points behind Calgary, but with two games in hand. So you could argue that Edmonton could pass Calgary once they play those two games in hand. and then you, So that means Edmonton would have passed Anaheim, Seattle, Calgary, and guess who the next gate, the next team on the radar will be the Vancouver Canucks. I don't think the Canucks, uh, truly, as much as I want them, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to keep up with Vegas and LA for the entire season. So really for Vancouver Canucks fans, it's looking over their shoulder and seeing the Edmonton Oilers surging. Now the Canucks still have a 12-point gap over the Oilers, which is good, but the Oilers have three games in hand on the Canucks. So they win all three of those, and now it's only a 6 point deficit yes it's hard to make up points but the oilers obviously winning nine of their past 12 are making up those points very very quickly so I, as a canucks fan i'm not worried but the oilers uh, watching the oilers tonight i can see why they can be dangerous if stewart skinner plays well or well enough i didn't it wasn't great tonight but he was good um and if you know the big four on the blue line play well a couple couple of miscues but we're used to that in vancouver as well and then, obviously, the, the top six is so strong on this team, led by McDavid and Dreisaitl. I can see. Uh, and, and a lot of people in Vancouver were saying, watch out for this Oilers team, and we are seeing it happen right before our eyes. Let's talk about the Vander Kane hit now. And this one I will turn to you in the chat because uh, my only experience with the Vander Kane is he came into the bowling alley that my son Sean was working at. All my kids are competitive bowlers. My, my followers from Vancouver know that. And Evander Kane actually came into the bowling alley, took a picture with my son, Sean, which is pretty cool, and then complained about how expensive the, the bowling rates were. I, I, that still doesn't register with me. I, I can't fathom how a million dollar millionaire um, was complaining about a $5 bowling game, but that's that's neither here nor there. That was a few years ago. Maybe he's more mature now. It's fine. But you Oilers fans, let me know what you think about that hit. Actually, anyone. It doesn't have to be Oilers fans. Let me know what you think about that hit. Is Does Evander Kane have a history of that? I know he can hit hard. He's not afraid to be an antagonist. Um, but Oilers fans, as unbiased as you can be, let me know what you thought about that hit. So I'll take some of your comments about the hit specifically. And then we can turn it over to... Um, um, questions about other elements of tonight's game but yeah i want to get your your thoughts on that hit you guys evander kane on Jonas brodeen behind the net what do you guys think about that hit is he going to get suspended 
I don't think even you know he didn't get a penalty even on the on the on the play. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, some stranger. Yes, all three of the Edmonton guys. Uh, Avery doesn't do the home games because he's at the arena. I believe Zach has an exam, and I'm not sure what Dennis is doing. So some stranger. That's why you have this stranger here on, on your stream tonight. So let me know, you guys. Let me know what you guys thought about the Evander Kane hit on Jonas Brodin behind the net. And yes, some stranger, I realize that... Uh, to catch the wildcard spot, the Oilers are chasing two uh, teams from the Central Division right now. I fully understand that, but as we've been saying in Vancouver, as, as, as people know, if you can finish third in your division, then you don't even worry about a wildcard spot. You just, you just outright finish third in your division. So some stranger is saying, what's surprising is how Brodeen turned his back on Kane. Yeah, I'll have to watch it back again. I'm not sure if if Brodine turned his back like where where Kane didn't have a chance to even react or or change his angle or his path. I'm not convinced of that, and um, I have to rewatch it again. But I was I you know I, I asked you as the ones that. Uh, that watched it probably even more than I did watched it back if it was indeed a dirty play or just an unfortunate play because of, of, of a mistimed turn by Brodine. I, I know on the on the broadcast, the Oilers broadcasters were even saying that they thought it should have been penalized. Uh, MPAPS says, big Kane fan, but bad hit. Should have been at least a two. And uh, I saw you guys talking about earlier, have they said anything about that he's going to have a hearing with with the DOPS, the Department of Player Safety, I'm not sure if they've tweeted, announced, or anything like that, or if you guys know. I saw someone mention it earlier in the in the chat. Let me know. Travis says should have been a penalty, but shouldn't be a suspension. Okay, okay. Um, and then Rising says Brodine's shoulders don't pivot since above the circle. So you're saying that he did not turn his back. He had a that was his his natural path was to go behind the net with his back turned from a standpoint, and then. I guess what you're saying is it's not like he turned suddenly, whereas Kane had no chance to to avoid that hit. Very interesting. Very interesting. Any more thoughts, you guys, on the on the Kane hit? I would really, uh, really, really fascinating to see. Fascinating to see what you guys think about it for sure. Also, I would love to. I'd love to know right now. Um, are you Oilers fans? Are you pretty confident in their ability to catch? the Canucks for, for third place in the Pacific or admittedly, are you more focused on 
just getting over 500 and chasing down the wildcard spots first. Obviously, they have to go in order. They have to chase. If they pass the wildcard spots, then they're it's because they're battling for a third in the in the division. So let me know, Oilers fans, what you think of that. So let's let's talk about both the hit from Kane. Then let's let's uh, talk about your thoughts on their chances of still salvaging the season, a season that started so poorly and actually capturing a playoff spot, whether it's one of the two wildcard spots or actually catching a team like the Canucks for third overall in the Pacific Division. Some stranger says, could see Kane going for a hit from a mile away. We could, but are you saying that Brodeen could as well? Rising says, right, his feet turn to stop, but his shoulders don't move at all. Okay. Whis, uh, sorry, Wise Kyle. I almost said whiskey. <laughs> Maybe I need new glasses. Wise Kyle says Kane's hit was on the edge, but fine. Interesting use of the words fine, meaning I guess you're, you're saying he, it was justified in, in not being penalized. So that's fair. That's fair. Luke says the one thing I know about how hit should be penalized is that everyone has a different opinion. <laughs> That's true. I think with anything, especially in hockey, I'm learning that everyone does have a different opinion and everyone is wrong to someone. But Luke, yes, I, I hear you. I agree with you. But I would love to know your opinion. Travis says, never worry that the Oilers were out of it. They're still gunning for the division. That is totally fair. Uh, Wise Kyle says, Oilers will finish second. Wow. So Wise Kyle is saying that they're going to pass the Canucks, likely because the Canucks will stay in third. And then one of Vegas or the Kings. Interesting. Some stranger. No, the wild card spot is what's realistic. They dug such a big hole early in this season. Yeah, they did, but they're they're certainly digging out of it for sure. Rising said that guy is unhinged. I'm not are you talking about me? <laughs> Luke, I'm not an Oilers fan, but I'm amazed they've come back as hard as they have. I thought they would be selling at the deadline. I look solidly wrong now, and I'm so glad. It makes for better hockey. Yeah, truly, as I I'm not sure if you guys heard me at the start as uh as an honest Canucks fan and con Canucks content creator that would never lie to you, I was torn. I wanted them to win because I knew the, the, the mood would be better, but I also wanted them to lose from a, just from a playoff race uh, standpoint. So, um, but overall those two wants evened out and I was, I was neutral as I was watching. Wise Kyle says Brodine saw him coming. He was on the tracks of the cane train. So I think wise Kyle and some stranger are are together um, in their opinion. Travis says, I think the Kings will likely take the division. They look pretty solid. Yeah, they've, I think they've only had four regulation losses and three extra time losses. Pretty crazy. They're only four points behind in Vegas, but they have four games in hand. Oh, rising. Uh, no, I'm not the one unhinged. That's the, the guy called the hit fine. Uh, I know everyone's got their opinion. <laughs> Wise, Kyle, Wise Kyle says, the Canucks will be the first wild card. Oh, is it's confusing because he, he wrote it backwards. I mean, I have to just read it backwards. So Vegas first, Oilers second, LA third, and the Canucks in the wild card. Admittedly, um, that's what I thought when the season started for the Canucks. I, I said get they were 95, 96 points, get one of the two wild card spots. Then they the Canucks started like eight or nine games over 500, which is crazy. They've come down a little bit. No, they're still eight games over 500. So we shall see if the Canucks can indeed keep up. They're strong play. Yeah, they're 17, 9, and 1. So, um, yeah, that's going to be a, a very intriguing story to watch for sure. Lurker, I like that name, says, it's the ref's discretion on the hit, but a two-minute minor is what it looked like. So we have a, a vote for a two-minute minor. 
Some stranger says, still need a goalie. Skinner can only do so much. Yeah, I'm really fascinated too, Oilers fans, if you're confident in your goaltending right now. And has Jack Hamill been called up yet or is he still down on the farm for you guys? Coach Rob, Edmonton should trade for Kuzmenko. He's a good player. Maybe give Vancouver a second or third round pick. Yeah, can the Oilers afford Kuzmenko and his $5.5 million salary though? Wise Kyle said the Canucks and Kings PDO is historically high. Yeah, I can't speak for LA, Kyle, but I do know that the Canucks PDO has come back to earth over the past 10 games for sure. Travis says the Oilers definitely don't need Kuzmenko. I, I think Coach Rob was just trying to just trying to sell him. And then some stranger already said Kuz, Kuzmenko already chose Vancouver over Edmonton. Really, really good points. Love the chat, you guys. This is really good. I'm learning a lot uh, in in... In researching before the game, I was learning a lot about the Oilers in watching the game, obviously, and, and watching them play. Because even when the Oilers played the Canucks, I, I just watched the Canucks. And I worry about what we're, how we're trying to stop McDavid and Dreisaitl. I don't look at the finer nuances of Evan Bouchard's shot or or the way Ekholm is so solid or Hyman or Nugent Hopkins. So today was actually admittedly a, a treat for me. I'm not sucking up either. I, I, why do I need to suck up? I'm just telling you what I think. <laughs> and then some stranger says, Campbell coming up soon very good all right friends for the last 10 5 to 10 minutes or so um, let's do our game over presser which is q a so ask me any questions about what i think about the oilers tell me if i said anything wrong about the oilers you can ask me any questions about the canucks or the pacific division overall but here's a chance to just naturally um continue to engage with all of you in the chat while you're getting your questions in make sure you subscribe to the sdpn channel hit the notification bell and like the video. It helps us out a lot. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you rate and review as well. So let's keep uh, going into the chat. Luke says, can the Oilers afford to be worrying about things they can't afford? Are they still in cup or bus mode? Truly Luke, as, as a outsider, as a Vancouver Canucks fan, I would say anytime you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on your team, you should be in cup or bust mode. I really think that. And I think the fact that they've put this this string together of nine out of 12 wins, and including six straight, um, whether you call it cup or bust or playoff or bust, I don't think there's one player, one one staff member that thought, even when they were two nine and one, that the season was over. Maybe some Edmonton fans thought that. I know Avery and, and Dennis and Zach have talked about that a lot on this channel. But um, yeah, it's... With, you got to get the playoffs first, but I, I certainly think this team should always, the Oilers should always be a perennial playoff contender. And then they, they've they gotten so close to the, uh, at least um, in certain playoff appearances, they've gotten close to the conference finals, the finals. So I'm sure they're hungry for a cup for sure. Wise Kyle says, Yanmark became the first player to win his 500th game on his birthday. Wait, to win? So not only play his 500th game, but actually win it? On his birthday, that's interesting. So every oh, I, I was almost gonna say that's what's such a crazy stat because it should be fifty percent win or lose. And then I realized no, the the key point of that stat is on his birthday, not five hundred games. Thank you, Kyle, for letting me know. <laughs> David says of the Habs and the Flames, neither. Oh, it's a com, it's a, it's a continuation. David, you gotta shorten your comments so I can read them all in one. Stranger Kuzmenko came to Edmonton and Holland couldn't sell it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, Kuzmenko, for you guys know, 39 goals last year for the Canucks, but only has four so far this year. Kyle, what do you think the Oilers should pick up? 
and I should stop saying an outsider because it sounds like it's, I don't watch hockey or anything. But as a non-Oilers fan, all we hear about is goaltending. We we see the depth of the top six. I think the bottom six is fine. You have some good players, decent players. Ah, the fourth line maybe not so good, but your third line's fine. Your top four D are pretty good. Um, so maybe I think to me, uh, as someone from out of market, I'll say that instead of outsider. Someone out of market, we, there's a lot of questions, uh, discussion about the goaltending. And I get that Stuart Skinner is only in his second season, so uh, maybe he'll be fine. But to me, it's goaltending for sure. And Wise Kyle says, as an outsider, love it. Love it. Carol says, Clay, you're doing a great job. Thank you, Carol. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, some stranger. Cup or bust because Connor and Leon's con current contracts are expiring soon. Uh, that's a really, really good point. And actually, a stranger, as a follow-up to that, it's interesting on in the Vancouver market, Elias Pedersen is a RFA at the end of the season, finishing his, his sixth year. So he's had two contracts of three years. So what we're talking about in Vancouver a lot is what is going to be his next contract. And then we look at the comparables and then it's, it's hard to fathom that Connor McDavid is only making what he's making. Obviously, it's still a lot of money, but compared to, he's not the highest you know, paid player in the league at 12.5. There's one, there's a couple, there are a couple more making more than McDavid, right? But McDavid's at 12.5. He's two more years after this. And I see Dry set on 8.5. What a steal with one more year after this. Yeah. That's a great point. And if if they don't make substantial, they don't have to make moves to the team, but if they don't have success, maybe Dreisaitl at the end of his contract next year just says, uh, no, I, I want to try a different city for sure. Great point. Great point. David says, in terms of where I see the Oilers at best finishing a top three visual spot as possible, but much further away, in my opinion, than a wild card spot. Yeah, but the way they're playing, you never know. And two prior posts, how close the Oilers have come on points percentage to the Flames and Habs. Yeah, they'll, they'll pass him for sure. For sure. Wise Kyle says, Jack's going to come up and kill it. Trust me. So Kyle, very curious. I, I like Jack Campbell a lot too. My my cousin Dusty is a goaltending coach and work, uh, worked a lot extensively with Jack Campbell in the LA Kings organization. Do you think that, um, do you think that Jack is going to end up being the starter over Stuart Skinner though? I know he's got the $5 million contract, right? Some stranger says the Canes are experiencing the same thing the Oilers have, goaltending or lack thereof. Yeah, you guys saw that uh, uh, on Wednesday when you when you pummeled them six to one and you chased Kochekov from the from the crease. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I like the Oilers goaltending more than I like the Canes goaltending. By the way, it's funny you mentioned that the Canes makes sense. Whereas Minnesota played in Vancouver and then headed to you for tonight, the Canes. I think they did Edmonton then Calgary, and then um, they're playing, I'm going to the game where they're playing in Vancouver tomorrow. Why is Kyle, where will Tony sign and when? Well, it doesn't sound like it's going to be Toronto, does it? I don't follow baseball enough. I know my son, Sean, the same guy who took the picture with Evander Kane, has got a nice Otani, Otani a jersey from last season. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about baseball to give you um, a very educated guess. Luke says, cover bus after the start. They got is risky. All power to them, unless they come up against my favorite team in the final. Who's your favorite team, Luke? Uh, bust with McDrysaddle if you've sold the farm would be so painful. Yeah, that's true. And are they going to sell the farm? I'm not sure what the, the track record of Ken Holland has been in Edmonton and the way he's he's tinkered with the lineup. If he, yeah, actually, 
to, here's one thing I don't know anything about the Oilers, and I would love for you to to educate me is how good is their prospect system? Vancouver's prospect system, as soon as Pedersen and Hughes weren't prospects and Demko weren't prospects anymore, it went like way down, and they're slowly beefing it up once again with some strong drafting. So uh, let me know how how good the Oilers prospect system is and what people are saying about it. Good points. Duck says, I only came here for Clay. Well, that's nice. I only came here for, for all of you. Uh, Wise Kyle, I'll state my bias. Jack's my cousin. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that, but was the better goalie from April 1st of last season? No, Wise Kyle, I, I appreciate that. I'm not sure if everyone in here, the regulars in Game Over Vancouver know that he's your cousin. No, I appreciate that. Um, we're all about uh, stating our biases tonight and being honest and open with each other. And you're saying that the Edmonton Oilers farm system is bare. Luke, your favorite team is the Leafs. Oh, so you must be hoping, praying for a Leafs Oilers final. Friends, we'll go for two more minutes. So get your last questions in for me. Either Oilers, my impressions of the Oilers, impressions of this game, playoff race, Evander Kane, Canucks, whatever you want. And then we'll wrap it up in the next couple of minutes. Coach Rob, a regular in the Vancouver channels, is saying the Oilers should hire Jim Benning. Because we really miss him in Vancouver. Um, th- remember, Coach Rob is the same guy that tried to sell you Andre Kuzmenko about 10 minutes ago. So take that for what it's worth. <laughs> That's awesome, Coach Rob. Some stranger says a couple of decent prospects, but nothing promising. So, yeah, that just speaks to the urgency of the win now, then, because y- you obviously, McDavid and Drysidel, you can't sell them on staying for a rebuild, especially if A, they're, they're getting older, and B, the, the prospect system, the prospect pool isn't that great in Edmonton. Then what, then what are you selling them on? And I think that's a very, very tricky thing. And, and actually, that's a really good point because that's, that's the same. It's analogous to what we've been talking about in Vancouver for Elias Pettersson. You know, there's, there's still a question of uh, what's the holdup? Is it the Cucks waiting or is it PD waiting or is it both of them waiting? But uh, part of it is you're, you're not going to sell PD on a rebuild. What you're going to sell PD on is that we have a chance to win now. And I think actually the Canucks um, quick start has surprised a lot of people. Doug, the Elks and the Oilers played the same when the Oilers had that horrible start to the season. Yeah, the Elks were not good. I know that. Hey, Billy C is here. If it's the same Billy C that I think that I know. Wise Kyle says the Sharks GM was in the building. Your thoughts? The Sharks GM was in the Edmonton building tonight. Hmm. I I wonder who they are trying to peddle or who they're scouting. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. And the Wise Kyle says, what is he looking at on the Oilers? I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at the Oilers cap friendly page and the UFAs are Fogel, Janmark, Brown, Gagne, Ernie, DeHarnay, and Calvin Pickard. So not a lot. There's there's not a lot there. Slim pickings when it comes to the UFAs. I see. Wow. I didn't know Nugent Hopkins was was signed for so long. And Zach Hyman. That's good. Both five, uh, six million million, less than $6 million. That's pretty good. Luke says, the hockey lover in me would love an Oilers Leafs final. The Leafs lover in me is terrified of that. So uh, are you saying that you think the Oilers will beat the Leafs in a final? That's very interesting for sure. Some stranger. Nurse. Nuge, Hyman, all sign long-term. Yeah, I was just looking at that, um, and then I didn't know that Nurse, yikes, 9.25, and I, I'm not trying to start a debate or a fight, but I'll take Quinn Hughes at 7-8 over 
over Darnell Nurse at nine two five. Although Hughes is going to need a new contract in a couple of years, but still, I do like I do like Ekholm and I like Bouchard a lot. Bouchard at three point nine is pretty good. <laughs> and thank you, Billy, for being here because of me. Although I'm going to be wrapping up in the next minute or so. So Oilers fans, thank you, thank you for putting up with me, for welcoming me. Don't worry, some combination of Zach, Avery, and Dennis. We'll be back after the Oilers' next game, which I believe is, when is it? It is on Sunday against the New Jersey Devils. Ah, inter- oh, it makes sense that all the teams that you're playing, we're playing at the same time because all these teams make their Western Canada swing. So you played Carolina on Wednesday. We have them tomorrow. We played Minnesota last night. You played them today, beat them 4-3. And then we lost in New Jersey last Tuesday. They're heading, I guess, east now. And you get them on Sunday afternoon. Wow. Oilers are in the middle of a massive homestand, just like the Canucks are as well. So once again, Oilers fans, thank you. It's been uh, my pleasure to to fit, uh, to fit fill in for Game Over Edmonton tonight. Uh, and I enjoyed watching the game, quite frankly. I enjoyed watching with David, Dreisaitl, Bouchard. A 4-3 victory for the Edmonton Oilers. They're sixth straight. They are now only one game under 500 as they have their eyes locked on the two central uh, the central division teams that they're chasing, actually three of them that they're chasing for a wildcard spot. And then once they, I know they're going to succeed in doing that, then they're going to have their eyes locked in on the Vancouver Canucks. But uh, we'll worry about that for another stream. So on your way out, make sure that you subscribe to this YouTube channel, SDPN. Make sure that you hit the notification bell. Make sure that you like the video as well. It helps us with the algorithm. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, make sure you rate and review. So thank you, Oilers fans, for welcoming me. Thank you, Canucks fans, for coming over and hanging out. And um, yeah, I can't wait to maybe hang out with uh, Dennis, Zach, or or Avery. Excuse me. I just look at Kyle's chat. Dennis, Zach, or Avery are maybe um, the next crossover stream. I think the Canucks... And the Oilers get to face each other one more time before the season ends. And who knows, maybe somehow, some way we get to play each other in the playoffs. So I hope you guys have a great weekend and that you stay safe and you stay healthy and that you take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Have a great night and thanks again. Take care, everyone. Good night.